All right. Glad you're here. I want to say a, a great big welcome to all of you who are guests here today. You're uh, uh, we're so glad that you're here. If you're if you're part of the, the regular folks that are always here, that's good, too. We're glad that you are here. Those of you that are online, we, uh, joining us online, either live here this morning or even perhaps later in the week, thank you so much for joining us. I have one more thing I'd just like to mention for those of you in the room. We have a supply of these little uh, CDs. Now, a CD, for those of you that don't know, if you're too young, a CD is actually like, uh, you know, just an audio file, but uh, it's on it's on a disc. It's And they have to have a special disc or special player to play this disc. But if you have these or know someone that does this, what this is, it is a, uh, a very creative presentation of the nativity by a friend of ours uh, named Justin Reese and it was produced probably about I don't know almost uh, over 15 years ago uh, so we're going to be uh, sort of transitioning away from he- keeping these if that means we're going to be disposing of them actually and and so if you would like to grab one or two before uh, they're, before we do that, they're at the table at the back today. All right. And so uh, if you don't know, my, my name is Mike Schroeder. My wife uh, was up here earlier uh, presenting the check to Eugene, and her name is Ev, and we are so blessed to be part of the team uh, supporting our pastors, Matt and Tanya Jansen, the, the awesome pastors that we have. And today, um, I've been asked to speak on the subject of peace, because this, as you know, is part of our Advent time. And the word Advent is one of those words that we don't say very often anymore. Uh, Advent means uh, looking forward, or coming, I should say. It actually means coming, and it, it, we're looking forward to the second coming of Christ, and we're looking back to the first coming of Christ at Christmas time. And so Advent is a tradition uh, in the church. So today we're talking about the word peace. And I'm going to be talking uh, about the peace that comes through Jesus Christ, of course. This is, uh, this is church. You aren't going to hear this, uh, you know, out there in the, uh, in the social media too much, but you'll hear it here where we teach and preach and believe the Bible and we believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, part of uh, part of the message is going to be mentioning something uh, in the book of Luke, chapter two. And so, if you want to turn there ahead of time, feel free to do that. But one of the mentions in this book of Luke is um, a great number. And I was just wondering how many is a great number. And you know, if I was to ask you, uh, for example, if you had a great number of ping pong balls, how many? ping pong balls would it take to make a great number a thousand anybody less than a thousand how many think less a hundred ping pong balls that's a lot oh 500 okay 500 ping pong balls okay how about how about pizzas a great number of pizzas one I would say a great number is more than one. I love pizza. My wife doesn't like pizza so much. That's uh, that's why she said one. Five pizzas. That would be a great number. If you had 30 pizzas, that would be overwhelming. But yeah, that's a great number. Uh, how about $100 bills? We won't even go there. Um, sporting fans. I was listening uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday or this morning. Yesterday, I think. Um, 
oh my goodness, the woman's name, the so Canadian soccer woman, Christine Sinclair. We had a we had a friendly match at BC Place this weekend, this week, and there was forty five thousand people at this soccer. That's a pretty great number. Uh, one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest uh, stadiums in the world is a cricket stadium in India. 132,000 people can fit in that stadium watching cricket. I don't know if they could see the ball from if they're up in the very back, but that's a lot of people. Anyway, we'll get to that great number idea a little bit later here. Uh, just want to mention last week, if you didn't hear my wife's message on hope, there, as Pastor Matt said earlier, I, I think it bears repeating. And just some of the points that were made, she said that, uh, Christian hope is an anchor. Remember that whole story of the anchor? And then Pastor John Clark came up and helped us understand more about anchors. Christian hope is empowering, and Christian hope is renewable. And that's a, what, what a wonderful thing it is to have real hope. It's not wishful thinking. It's true hope based on truth, based on something. And this beautiful scripture in Romans chapter 15 May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope, abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises. What a beautiful promise it is. Now, I, I want to mention here, I believe that this is, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul wrote this epistle to the Roman church back in the day. But we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Do we believe that? And the other, the, the, more than six of you do believe that, right? Do we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God? You can participate by raising your hand if you want to. That would mean to me that that scripture, you know, may the God of hope fill you. That thought is the Holy Spirit's thought for you and for me. And I'm going to be talking more about that as well at, at the end of this message this morning, God willing. I'm going to be reading from the book of Luke. Then we're going to pray. Then we're going to dive into some thoughts around peace. And I believe that God has something especially for you today. Um, you know, there's a lot of information that we'll have, a lot of sort of interpretation that we'll have, but I believe that there's something that the Holy Spirit has for you, and I would just like to ask you if you would open your heart to what God would say here today. That's my desire. Uh, the world doesn't need another good sermon. The world needs an encounter with Jesus Christ, and I think you and I need the same. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would bless this, uh, this message in the sense that it would impact all of our hearts and that your will would be done, your word would be heard in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's jump in here to this uh, story. And uh, Steve uh, earlier read parts of this story, and he, I, I'm not going to even try to read it as well as he did, but we'll, uh, we'll go through this here. 
So in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And then uh, Joseph uh, also went up from the town of Nazareth to Bethlehem to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him. They couldn't do it online. They had to walk all the way to Bethlehem from Nazareth. That was a couple of, I think it's a couple of days. Uh, And Mary was expecting a child. In fact, she was really expecting a child. She was, as the old King James said, great with child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, at this same time, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. No electricity, no battery-powered lights. They might have had some fires. Uh, They lived out there. No indoor plumbing, no showers. It was quite a place to be, quite a lifestyle. They're keeping watch over their flocks at night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. They were terrified. And this happened a lot in the Bible stories where an angel visited a person or people, the first thing they would say is, don't be afraid. And they're going, are you kidding me? This is freaky. (laughs) And you can imagine their hearts are pounding. And so the angel says, don't be afraid. And so maybe they got over the fear, but I can imagine their heart took a while to slow down. And so the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of Bethlehem, a, 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 a town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, suddenly, verse 11, a great company, a great number of angels. I have no idea how many that number was. I think it was more than a dozen. A great number of the heavenly hosts, they were freaked out with one. Uh, The heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God. Now, I just want to tell you something. I have read this scripture and heard this scripture all my life. I'm old as dirt. And, you know, I finally figured out something about this story. They were not up in the sky. It was a crowd maybe hardly any elbow room, the angels, the great company of angels came with and right there with them. The angel, the first angel came to them and he was talking to them. He appeared to them and that that Greek word actually talks about being able to be basically, you know, within, let's say, 10, 15 feet or closer. So the first angel was close, and now this great company came to be with that angel. I've I've always pictured, maybe you too, I don't know. I've always pictured all these angels up in the sky far away. Uh Uh-uh. This is like a mosh pit. 
And they sang, what a, what a place to be, right in the middle of that. And they sang, glory to God in the highest. Gloria in excelsis Deo. They were Latin angels. <clears throat> All right. So now when the angels had left them and gone to heaven, shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and check this out. And what, a, what an amazing thing. Now, there's a bit of confusion around what they actually said or sang. They said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Uh, other translations uh, and other Greek uh, renderings of this verse say, peace on earth with whom God is pleased, uh, goodwill toward men, uh, peace to those on whom his favor rests, peace on earth among men who please God. And frankly, I, uh, I have not gone into all the Greek studies, especially when you look at all the different scholars that have produced all of these different English versions who are way smarter than me, it's above my pay grade to be able to tell you definitively which one of these is the actual precise. But the idea is that if, if we're going to receive this peace, we have to be involved with God and pleasing God and have God's favor in our life. And I would like to talk to you on, uh, about that very thing, because today we're talking about peace, and I think we understand what peace means, but we maybe we need to figure out how can I be connected to this peace tomorrow, today, later this afternoon, even now. The New Living Translation says, and peace on earth to those with whom God is, is pleased. And what I'd like to ask you, uh, how do you think, how can you, how do you conduct yourself in such a way that you will please God? And I have, I have uh, a bit of an answer for you because I'm, I, you know, I, I, you're at a bit of a disadvantage because you didn't know I was going to ask that question. But if you wanted to please me, now I, I'm not like God who has zero needs, but you know I'm I'm older and God's provided and you know I don't have and you know people say what do you want for Christmas, Mike? I haven't got a clue because you know there isn't really much I need. But if you really want to do something for me, be good to my wife. Okay, be good to my kids, and be good to my grandkids. If you're good to my kids and grandkids, I'm happy. I am pleased. And I believe God the Father would be very pleased if you and I treated his son well. That would be pleasing to God. In fact, we can't even get into the conversation if we don't deal with Jesus Christ. If we don't receive him, believe him, obey him, honor him, bless Jesus. 
And I'd like to ask you the question, what have you done with Jesus, the Son of God? Because if you and I, we like peace, we don't like anxiety, we don't like frustration, we like peace, what have you done with Jesus? Have you received him? Have you bowed your knee to him? Have you embraced him, his teachings? Have you followed him? Have you served him? Have you taken up your cross, your place of sacrifice? God isn't calling you to suffer like Jesus. He suffered once for all. But if we're going to please the Lord, we got to deal well with Jesus Christ. Well, some people, there's a lot of people out there that you hear maybe in, in, in the media. They'll say, oh, yeah, I'm all about God, but I'm not, not so sure about Jesus. And then others will say, well, I'm pretty good with Jesus, but I don't like his wife. I don't like church. Good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> so here we are with Jesus and his word to us, his promise to us was read this morning. Pastor Matt read it earlier in a service before the service. (laughs) Jesus says, my peace, my peace, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives. I don't give it that way. So don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I want to mention a little bit about what the world gives in terms of peace, and I think it boils down to two different ways the world gives peace. One is forced peace, and the other is false peace. And, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking about, you know, when the kids were young, our, our boys were young, now they're like 40, one over one just under no Jeff is forty two isn't forty as well isn't he I can't remember anyway yeah I think Jeff is gonna be <laughs> maybe next year he's gonna be uh, forty so one on each side and you know when the kids are are squawking and and fighting and you know yelling at each other whatever will you kids settle down that would be like a forced <laughs> peace. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you may have heard of the term, uh, you may have heard of the term Pax Romana, and that would be where the Roman, uh, the Roman Empire was in existence. In fact, Caesar Augustus was one of the key players in making the Roman peace happen in the world. And that was all done through their armies. Now, there was an upside to being under the Roman rule. There was a lot of infrastructure like things like water, aqueducts, really inter- good things, you know, cer- certain kinds of sanitation as well. And, and they're, you know, they're, they did look after people at, at a certain level. So there was an upside, but it was a forced peace. Uh, I was also thinking about uh, uh, George W. Bush and uh, what he talked about going into Iraq, was it, to get a, a regime change? It hasn't really helped a lot, but, yeah, there was a regime, regime change. Uh, but the, the forced, you know, the military kind of way to peace is one way. 
Then there's the false kind of peace, which we really are more familiar with in our everyday life. And uh, things like uh, when, when we're frustrated or when we're anxious, sometimes what we'll do is we'll, we'll find Netflix and we'll find a series that we think is really cool, and then we'll start binge-watching uh, TV or other media. Uh, perhaps we're really into sports. I was joking with someone uh, earlier uh, today because I was having a conversation with a friend, and we were talking about football, and, and uh, this other guy comes up, and he's kidding us and bugging us. He says, yeah, this is church. Don't talk about football in church. And I said, well, football is life, you know. And uh, some of you are hockey fans. Don't, don't worry about my football, okay? Uh, people like going shopping. You know, and if you know when it, when the going gets tough, the the tough go shopping, or what is it? How does that work? Anyways, uh, there's all kinds of ways that we hide. You know, we uh, we cover up, we we binge, uh, even sleep. There's people I I know of, literally, they they'll go to sleep because they just can't handle life. It's hard for them. Other uh, people are stuck in addictions. You know, alcohol and other drugs, perhaps, or, or porn or food, whatever. Uh, a lot of us deal with denial, and that would be stuffing our emotions. Have you ever had someone uh, apologize to you, and then you say, well, that's okay? It's not okay. You don't want to deal with them. You want them to feel okay because you're a Canadian, you know. But it's not okay in here. We still have to deal with the, the hurt, the trauma. A lot of us have not dealt with our trauma. A lot of us aren't even aware of our trauma because we have been so good at denial. And that's a false kind of peace. Jesus said, my peace I give to you not as the world gives. I don't give you forced peace. I don't even give you fake peace. I want to give you the real deal. Oh, hallelujah. So let's talk about that. What time is it? Okay. I have to do this. That's the introduction. Now my sermon will be five minutes, okay? Thank you. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 8. This is the headquarters uh, verse or uh, portion of the Bible for peace. The headquarters for baptism is Romans chapter 6. The headquarters for the resurrection is 1 Corinthians 15, and uh, this is the headquarters for peace. And Jesus says, I want to give you my peace. And the first kind of peace that Jesus has is peace with God. You can have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And there is an end to shame here today for you. If you're watching online, it's an end to shame. And you and I sometimes have to decide who's going to pay for my forgiveness. I, I can't forgive myself, so now I have to somehow pay for it. That's not going to work. I have to forgive myself and decide by deciding. This is how. By deciding that Jesus' payment through the death on the cross was enough. And I don't have to add to that. And today, you can be free from shame because you can have peace with God. 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's another whole sermon. The other way of peace, peace with God, there's the peace of God. And that is the peace that comes and puts an end to anxiety and fear. Now, I I use the word anxiety purposefully because you don't hear a lot about fear since the pandemic, but you do hear a lot about anxiety. And anxiety is something that God wants to banish in his house. And I, I want to especially speak to those online today that there is an end to anxiety because Jesus said, my peace, I leave with you. Not as the world gives, not as the world gives, but as Jesus gives. And now there's a key, there's a sort of a how-to here in, in the book of Philippians chapter 4. And he starts off and he, he actually says, and here's Paul in a Roman prison. Don't know what the conditions were, but they weren't great. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all. Then he says this. He says in verse 6, don't worry about anything. Here's Paul in prison, perhaps being thrown to the lions. He's not sure. Paul says, don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious. Instead, pray about everything. So it's not like don't, 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 don't. It's actually let the prayer and the faith that you have in your prayer and the gratitude that you mix with your prayer, let that supplant the anxiety. And here's the promise. He says, if you'll do this, and it's not like, well, you do it once, and then, oh, it didn't work. <laughs> it's, it's a lifestyle. You, you and I, we've had a long time of worrying about stuff. Am I the only one? He said, yeah, but he means, yeah, I agree with the point you're making. (laughs) We've had a long time of worry. This might take a long season of prayer, but it's going to happen. He says, pray with thanksgiving instead of worrying. And then the result, so, so we don't necessarily pray for peace. We can do that. But we really need to pray about all the stuff we're worrying about and say, Lord, I'm going to resign from the general managership of the universe. I'm going to leave this with you. And I'm going to put my trust in you. And I thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. Start listing those things. Count your blessing. And then here's the promise. And the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding which exceeds anything we can understand, will guard your hearts, your emotions, and minds, your thoughts, as you live in Christ Jesus. I'm going to stop right there. There's a peace that comes from heaven. It's not like the world. And if you find it hard to connect with that peace, Jesus said, this is where the Bible says this is what you do. <laughs> this is what you do. You leave the anxiety and you go for God's truth. Now, I have, uh, I have something that is a little bit different 
and it was recorded years ago before the age of digital recording. But it's it's a it's a beautiful um, it's like a benediction, minute and a half. So don't don't lose your attention span here because it's only it's going to be over quick. And then uh, turn it over to Pastor Mary. So if I could get that video clip or that audio clip uh, up there, please. Amen. Amen. It's a good word. Pastor Mike, thank you so much. As, as Pastor Mike was sharing today, I was reminded of a word. There's a word that is just keep coming to my mind as he was sharing, and it was the word reorder. Why does this work that we pray when we need peace? It works because we're putting Jesus back in his rightful place as the Lord of our lives. It's very practical, and it's very simple, and it's very powerful. So as we close today, I want to pray for you. And if we could get everybody to close your eyes and bow your heads for just a moment. If today you've come into this place and you've been experiencing anxiety, maybe you've been experiencing fear, maybe worry has overtaken your heart, this morning I'm going to pray for you and we're going to believe together today that God will reveal himself to you as he is here with us now. And we'll bring you the peace that you need and that you desire. Father, we thank you today, Lord Jesus, that your presence is with us. We thank you that where two or three are gathered, there you are also in their midst. And Father, today we thank you, Lord God, that you are God. Father, we put you back in your rightful place. And we say, Lord, if there's anything in our lives that has gotten in the way of you, God, we pray that it would be cast down today and that you would be lifted up, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you that your presence is here. We thank you that you're working in our hearts even now. And Lord, we come against the spirit of anxiety and fear in Jesus' name. And we pray that the spirit of Jesus would rise in our hearts and that we would experience the peace of God in everything we do, starting now, into this week, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, amen.